0: But we have got a new uh, country song this week that I um, I picked to be able to share because of the truth that's in this song. Uh, This song did very well on country music charts even though it has a very overt uh, Christian message to it. And I think some of the words of this song are absolutely inspired. In fact, the person that wrote this song is the singer and he testifies to a vision that he received in the middle of the night of a long black train Uh, that was nothing more than a metaphor for temptation in his life he had just arrived in Nashville and was um, tempted to compromise on who he was and uh, what he believed and uh, felt like God gave him this vision he sit down and wrote the song And uh, Nashville can be filled with a lot of really good things, but obviously Nashville can be filled with a lot of bad things and difficulties as well. When our friend Clay Sell went to Nashville, I sent him this song, just as a Christian brother to another Christian brother, because long black trains of temptation are out there, and uh, many of us can hear the whistle from a mile away. And so let's listen to uh, Josh Turner.
1: There's a long black train coming down the line, feeding off the soul. Rails of sin Only evil remains Watch out, brother True. Mile away, it sounds so good, but I must stay away. train
0: i recommend josh turner to you as a singer who sings uh not about smoking and drinking going to bars and cheating on your wife and all that kind of stuff um but uh, that's a song that he wrote um what would make a nazarene pastor who had everything going for him uh, had just started a new uh, church plan off of uh, planted from the largest church on this district had uh, a really great start lots of uh, f- finances available to him uh, gifted for ministry with uh, good personality sociable guy people person preached well um what would make that person which seems like everything in the world going for him ministerially speaking uh person was in accountability group with me where we shared our temptations and hurts and what would make that person have an affair with his secretary and lose his family and his ministry. That person is in prison today because his temptations continued in his new field of work where he did something most inappropriate. came to tell you several things today but uh, first off I want to tell you that uh, temptation can come to anyone any place and any time and if I can say this as gingerly as I can if I can say this as, as graciously as I can as pastorally as I can as respectfully as I can if you don't think that temptation can come to anyone, at any time, in any place. You're a fool. You're a spiritual fool. If somehow you think that, that you are past that, or you are above that, or you have reached a state of spiritual maturity, that you're not bothered with those things anymore, I would uh, recommend you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, that, that says that if you think you're standing firm, uh, you, you, you be careful. If you think you're in a safe place, if you think you're standing firm on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, and there is no way any temptation can come to you, if you're thinking that, the writer says, Paul says, Uh, if you think you're standing firm, you be careful because that's just when you may fall. Um, You are a spiritual fool. You are spiritually naive. If any of us, no matter how long we've been on this Christian road, if any of us think that we are at the point or the place in our life that we cannot experience some very difficult temptation in our life the very next verse there the 13th verse of the 10th chapter of first corinthians says after all all temptations common to man <laughs> it's just common don't get bent out of shape about it don't get all freaked out about it don't think that somehow that you're you're somebody special and your temptation is worse than somebody else no i'm not sure that the enemy's tricks are any different than they were back in the garden I'm not sure they're any different at all. And I'm sure we as human beings fell for it, fall for it now just as we fell for it whenever the garden was. The Bible clearly says there's no temptation that has not overtaken you. That's not common to man. So what I want to tell you at the very start, no matter your age. Well, maybe Mark, you know, I can get this message if you're preaching it to teens. or 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 like i told the first service crowd i said uh, you know I don't you first service people which is an older crowd you know may don't be tempted to say well i can understand the second service crowd needing this okay anyone at any time anyone if jesus himself was tempted if jesus himself if 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 And that had to be a real temptation. If if the Son of God Himself could have been tempted, as we read about in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, then who am I to think that somehow I'm above it or I'm so mature or I'm so sanctified or I'm so filled with the Spirit or I'm so something that temptation cannot reach me? I just want to tell you off the bat, anyone... Anytime, any place, any place. <laughs> if, te- if temptation can happen in the garden, <laughs> the pristine garden, where, where the Bible says everything was good that was created there. If it can happen in the garden before the fall of man, before sin had entered into the world, if temptation can come into this man alive if it can happen any place it can happen any time jesus well, listen jesus was tempted right at least chronologically as the bible goes okay at least chronologically as the bible goes jesus was tempted right after the father looked down upon the son at his baptism and said this is my son in whom i am well pleased So just because you're at a good place in your life and the family's going good and the marriage is going good and the business is going good and the bills are paid, anyone at any time, at any place in their life can be tempted. The good news in the passage that was just up there in verse 13, the Bible always says that God provides a way of escape. That's good news. A lot of this message today kind of, you know, after I preached in the first service, I said, there's just too much bad news there. There wasn't enough good news. There is good news that, that, that God says there's not a temptation that has overcome a single one of us in this room or the people listening to me on the Internet right now. There's not a single temptation that's come along that God did not make a way of escape for us in some way and we just didn't avail ourselves to it in some way god is faithful and he'll make a way of escape so what that means is is i just can't say the devil made me do it the devil can't make you do anything he can't he can't make you do anything he can make it hard on you he can lie to you he can make that Fruit in the middle of a garden look really, really good. Um, there's a means of escape to any Tom, Dick, and Harry that goes through temptation at any place in life. The grass is not greener. In fact, there's, I, I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do next week, and there's a song by Waylon Jennings that basically, for me, the, the message of that song is... The grass is not greener somewhere else. You can, live the, you can live the life wherever you're at. And if you think that you can live the life better if you move to Bellbrook or if you move to da 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 or if you had a new husband or whatever it may be. Uh, first thing I want to tell you, I, I, I'm, saying it, I'm saying it pastorally and I'm trying to say it nice. I think the Bible thinks and God thinks you're naive and you're foolish. If somehow think you have, will not be tempted just because you're raised in a Christian family, or just because you're homeschooled, or just because, what else? Anyone, any place, anytime. Anyone, any place, anytime. Now let's get to the very, very root of this problem. And the Bible clearly states that the very root of temptation. If we're going to try to tackle a problem in our lives, let's don't tackle around the periphery. Let's, let's go to the, to the to root of this issue. And the Bible clearly says that the root of temptation is desire. It's the root of temptation is desire. Not that the desire is wrong. There's positive desires. There can be negative desires. You know what? And God can even take positive desires. Even good things that he's given us. And we can be tempted to take those outside the boundaries that God has given us to use those. The root of temptation is desire. Take away the desire. Take away the desire. There is no temptation. All right, let me make up a, a, a silly example. Um, let's say, well, it's not really silly, it's kind of true. I love Krispy Kreme donuts, okay? Let's say you don't. You just, that sugar and all that. Ugh. It's not a desire for you. It's not a temptation for you. Well, it could be a temptation for me. You know, I told the Lord, I was trying to break Krispy Kreme donuts, and, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if, when I drive, it used to be right there on, what was it, Indian Ripple or wherever it was, and you said, Lord, if, if, if that hot sign's not on, you know, then, then I'm not going to stop in there. You know, I had to drive around the block seven times for that, that like, <laughs> I mean... We all have different desires. Your desires are different than mine's, or different than hers, or different than his. And what the enemy does know, he knows our temptations, and he knows our desires, and he knows what we'll be we tempted to nibble on a little bit. And if I can pray against the root of those desires, if I can get that desire away from me, then it's not a temptation anymore. There are things in my life that I used to be tempted with that I'm no longer tempted with anymore. And I think that's a combination of God's grace in my life. I think that's a combination of me saying no in my life. I think that's a combination of, of God supernaturally doing some things in response to prayer. And I, th- I think that's a response to my repentance. I think that's a response to God really knew I didn't want that in my life. But that just doesn't mean because the one temptation is, is gone that another one won't rear its ugly head. And I think as we age, our temptations are different than they have been. But what I need to do and what you need to do is where that temptation is, where that desire is, I need to make that a, a, a matter of prayer. And I said, God, would you purge this? I have... This desire. Would you purge this? And I think and by some miracle, God may do that supernaturally himself, but he usually does it. I think in conjunction with, with our volition and our our will and our desire for all of that, all of that comes together, and it's just not like I can I, I can I can not say no and continue to say yes. And then continue to ask God. And I think what comes to the combination of when I'm really repentant and I'm really say that I'm sick and tired of sick and tired. God, I don't want this in my life anymore. I think God hears that prayer. And I think God starts to work. I've, t- I've talked to you about this before. I've talk- I, I was a new Christian. I was a two or three months old Christian. And, and I really enjoyed going to the riverboats. Back then, you had to go riverboats to gamble. They didn't have gambling stuff on, on dry land because it was against the law, but they put it out on the river. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And, and so I would drive where, where I live right then. I would drive to, I lived in, in Indiana, Indiana Illinois, line, and I would drive to Peoria, Illinois. And, and, and man, I just, I just loved it. I really did. And I remember walking the streets of Danville, Illinois and praying that God would take that you know, there's a lot of worse things in life than playing a hand of backjack and betting five dollars on it. But all the things that surround gambling I knew weren't productive to my Christian life. And I was just—I remember walking the, the, the streets and saying, God, take that. And somewhere along my Christian journey he has. I live closer now than I ever have before. I wanted it gone. I knew it would be a roadblock. I knew in the whole metaphor of long black train it would derail me. It would not allow me to become the Christian that I knew God wanted me to be. And so I entered into prayer against that temptation and have entered into prayers against other temptations as well. Get to the root of the issue. James chapter 1, verse 14, James says it. He says, each person is tempted when they're dragged away and enticed by their own desire. There it is. No desire, no desire for gambling, no desire for Krispy Kreme donuts, no desire for anything else. It's not an area of temptation for me. Lord, would you do something that only you can do? And I can't expect to be a passive participant in that prayer. I may need to walk out the door when it's time. I may need to say just say no when it's time. I may need to surround myself with different friends. All of that. But watch God do something. If we deal with the root, if we deal with the root, nobody is tempted except if there's a desire there that makes. What's the song say? That train is a beauty making everybody stare. If there's not something, if I don't have an appetite for that, if I don't have some kind of yearning for that, I just don't think it can be a temptation. I don't think it can be a temptation. I, I've never had, and I know some of you uh, uh, have struggled, and some of you are struggling with alcohol. I know that, I know that. And you're, and you're fighting a good fight. And, and because of past behaviors, you, 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 you've developed that appetite for that and that addiction for that. I, That was never an issue for me. I don't know why. Before I was a Christian, I'd go drink a beer or two, but it was always just to impress the friends I was with. I mean, it wasn't because I think, wow, I got to really taste this good cold beer right now. It was never that. It was just to be one of the guys. That was never really a temptation for me. I've never, ever been tempted to, to, I don't know what you do. Do you you shoot heroin or take pills? I don't know what you do. I don't even know anything about it. I've never been tempted there, but some of these people walk them down Second Street, though. And maybe you can lay the blame on them because they opened it a long time opened that door a long time ago. I don't know, but temptation is temptation, whether it's whether it's shooting heroin or whether it's something that may be more Christian than that. Something that's not as outward as that. Pride that's inside of me that really makes me do things, that really makes me want to be a big person, that really makes me wanna be right. a lot of things. God, humble me. Do what you have to do. It's all about desire. That's what it was for Eve. Genesis 3, chapter 6. Genesis 3, chapter 6. I mean, the Bible plainly says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, when she saw that it was good for food, and when she saw that it was pleasing, you know, it wasn't just an old rotten old apple with, with worms crawling out of it, okay? The devil doesn't do that. When she saw that, man, that's good for food, pleasing to eye, And she knew that it would make her wise. And she knew that she could really be somebody and make her wise. She took it. She took it. The very best advice I think any preacher can give anybody is what are you tempted by? What desire do you have that should not be there? God, God, would you take that from me? And then combine that with my volition. Okay? Um, there's, there's, There's one major reason that I got 20 pounds right here that I shouldn't have. Because I haven't asked him to take sausage muffins away from me. <laughs> now, you can laugh at that, but there's truth there, isn't it? I, I, I haven't repented of sausage muffins, McDonald's sausage muffins, and Big Cokes. I haven't repented of that. I haven't, I haven't, in a, I haven't asked God to take that from my life. I'm not grieving over. Now that, we can laugh and think that's a silly example, but take that to something that's not a silly example. Take that to some other area of your life that's not a silly example. One of the best lines in the whole song talks about desire. I can hear the whistle from a mile away, it's desire. desire i want to tell you today that i I want to tell you in a nice way i'm not trying to be cocky but you're naive you're spiritually foolish if you think that 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 anyone at any place at any time cannot be tempted I, i wanted to tell you that the bible seems to say the very root of this issue is your desires pray to god to purge those combine that with your own will and your own volition seriousness of, of that. Don't just pray it because it's a spiritual thing to pray. Sounds spiritually good. God knows your heart. I also want to tell you something else, that Satan is resistant to truth. Satan is resistant to truth. And if you know your Bibles well, you know the passage in, in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke 4 where Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. And, and, and he was tempted there in and, and, and the the resistance that Jesus put up was truth. The, the devil, he, he, has, he doesn't have a lot of weapons. He doesn't have a lot of bullets in his gun. He lies. He deceives. It's, it's, just, it's just the same bullet over and over again. He lies and he deceives and he does that because the Bible tells us, Jesus told us in John chapter eight, verse 44, when Jesus was speaking to unbelieving Jews, he says, you belong to your father, the devil. And that kicks everybody real hard. Everybody, some people think, well, everybody's a child of God. Everybody's a child of God. Not according to Jesus. He says, you're, you're of your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, I love that. He speaks his native language. When he lies, he speaks his native language. And he is a liar and the father of lies. That's who he is. That's who he is. And he's resistant to the truth. I tried to think about this. and y'all, might not, Some of you are too young, but the Wizard of Oz... What, what, what was it that the, the, the evil witch couldn't? There was something that was, that she was just that she couldn't uh, have around her, or that totally disarmed her. The, the, the truth disarms the devil. Water was that it? I mean, it's it, it, it just like it, she it just she couldn't handle it. it. It was it was it was the antidote to fighting the the uh, the wicked witch of the uh, of the West or whatever she was, and the antidote for fighting the evil one is truth, truth, truth. And, 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 and yes, it's God's truth. Of course, it's God's truth. The, 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 Jesus hit him with truth three times and the devil fled. But yes, it's God's truth. But it's also the truth of walking out the door, man, and not putting yourself in a situation you shouldn't be in. That's common sense. You have to be a Christian to know that. You have to be a Christian to know that. He's resistant to truth, and three times. Three times, Jesus hit him with truth. He's a liar. He's a liar. And how am I going to know the difference between his lies and the truth unless I know the truth? And I, I certainly believe some immature Christians are led away because they don't know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, you can't distinguish between lies. And you can't distinguish between what is truth. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus says this to the Jews who had believed him. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He's a liar he's a liar he's a deceiver you know what the bible says also about him and it kind of goes in with lying and deceiving the bible says part of his deception is that he's a master of disguise you know that 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 apple probably looked pretty good And, and and satan comes not as some big horn figure or whatever picture is portrayed of 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 satan he comes to us, masquerades as an angel of light. Part of his deception. He's, he's not stupid. He knows that we're not going to fall for someone that comes to us looking like whatever the devil's supposed to look like. And he'll whisper something in our ear. And, and, and that train is a beauty, making everybody stare and he'll whisper that it sounds so good but josh turner wrote i must stay away <laughs> uh, the, the bible says you you you, you, you need to know the, the enemy's schemes and i assume that's another sermon all in part but whatever his schemes are they're resistant to truth Whatever his schemes are, they're resistant to truth. And that's why you need to be in this place, and that's why you need to be in the Word, and that's why you you need to have Christian teaching outside of the church and Christian words and and, uh, music on the radio and that you're absorbing into your system. He's resistant to truth. And you've got to know his lies, but you won't know his lies unless you know the truth yourself. James 4 7 says submit yourselves to God resist the devil this is the verse I almost just pre- I'm almost anchored it right here and didn't go any farther from this because this looks like the preeminent verse to me because it says resist the devil and he'll flee and then obviously the sermon is about how do we resist the devil well one of the ways we resist him is with truth is with truth. Whether that truth be biblical truth or whether that truth be just this plain old truth, your old unbelieving grandfather told you is not to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's truth. Submit yourselves then to God. What's the song say? Cling to the Father and His holy name. Submit yourselves than to God. And when I submit myself to God, I submit myself to his truth. I'm not sure those two things can be separated. He is truth. Weigh the truth in the life. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. He will flee. He's resistant to truth like water from the wicked witch of the west. I, I I got one more thing to say. Even though it's absolutely true that, he, that you can resist the devil and he will flee. He will return at an opportune time. Luke chapter 4 verse 13 after Jesus had gone through all the temptations the text says when the devil had finished all this tempting he left him until an opportune time. Uh, Christian battle with temptation christian battle with truth and lies is not a one and done battle it's not a one and done battle he, he 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 will leave and come back at a more opportune time now i assume i could i'm not but i assume i could 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 take the next 30 minutes and let's talk about opportune times but for jesus anyway that opportune time for at least one of his temptations is when he was hungry. He'd fasted for 40 days. You know, I can do really weird things when I'm hungry. I can think weird things. And let's just say more so than just hungry. When I'm in some kind of, listen, when I'm in some kind of a weakened state, when I'm in some kind of a weakened state, my mind can get weird. My mind can think weird thoughts. When I'm in some kind of a weakened state, State, and that could be just because of a, a, a natural desire not being fulfilled like, like um, food, like sex with your wife or it could be a weakened state that I'm laying in a hospital bed and something's gone wrong with me and the devil can come to me and say well God's not going to help you now that's a weakened state uh, yeah, it, I am weakened. I'm not, it's, this is truth. I am weakened here and, and I may look for something different to strengthen me or something, something that is not godly to be able to get me to feel better because we all want that quick fix. Opportune times can, can come when I'm angry. There's nothing wrong. The Bible says we can have anger and we can deal with in an appropriate way because the Bible says be angry but do not sin it's how I deal with my anger and the way I deal with my anger can be an opportune time can be an opportune time for the enemy to be able to come loneliness discouragement that loneliness could be because you're a widow or widower That loneliness could be because you're in a lousy marriage. That loneliness could be because your boyfriend or girlfriend just broke up with you. There's a whole lot of reasons you can be lonely, that you can be discouraged. And let me tell you, when you're down in whatever way, you look for something to pick you up. And there's lots of things that can pick you up that would come under that whole realm of temptation. It's opportune times, friends. It's opportune times. He left Jesus for an opportune time an opportune time is when that businessman goes on business travel and he's by himself or that wife his husband is on travel for business and she's by herself an opportune time can, can come when we're lonely but that opportune time can come a lot of times I can testify to when you're around other people and those other people are not the type of people you ought to be around and could lead you in some direction and and, and and could encourage you to go in a direction that you don't want to go I, I wish the temptation was one and done but I'm an honest preacher he'll leave you for a more opportune time for a time when maybe you're not full of God's word or a time when He can more easily get to you. Um, You know, if I can be so bold, we're in a time of temptation right now. I mean, you you probably in this room are in a time of temptation right now because um, uh, there are some people in this room that really, really are angry or discouraged about the way the election came out. And and you can be tempted to say and do and da 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 da. I can too. Or you could really like the way the election turned out. And you can be tempted to <laughs> <laughs> anyone, any place, any Anyone, any place, any time. So Paul writes somewhere. Is, he says, we are not foolish. We are not naive to the devil's schemes, to the ways of the devil. I like to finish with good news always. And there's every single person in this room and everyone that is listening. To us, or watching us on the internet, we have fallen to temptation somewhere along the line. And the Bible says that he, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all sin. The Bible says that that if we have sinned, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But just like I think I closed with last week, there is power. There's power in what we're observing in the death of Jesus here that will allow us, allow us to say no, that allow us to resist, that will allow us to go to the door, leave the room, whatever we've got to do. There's power in that, and that power is because of the blood of Jesus Christ in our lives. So... And in some way, this is a message that's kind of negative and kind of be on guard and all that kind of stuff, but man, there, there's just there's just wonderful, wonderful good news. The power of Jesus Christ can 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 forgive, can cleanse, can give you the strength that you need to resist. You don't do that in your own, right? It's not a it's not a grin and bear it type of thing. You resist in the power of God's Spirit. It all came because of the death of Jesus in our lives. So I'm asking you to take the the bread that symbolizes his body that was broken for us and he says to do this in remembrance of him. And after the supper, the Bible says that he took the cup and says this is the cup of the new covenant it's in my blood that I gave my life for this new covenant, this new promise. He says, "Would you do this in remembrance of Him?" Father, uh, temptation is a reality of the life that we live as Christians it's a a reality for any of us that are attempting to do what we can empowered by your spirit to fight against the kingdom of darkness it's it's, it's just a reality of the Christian life that the enemy of our souls wants to sidetrack us wants to derail us and he'll make temptations sound so good even from a mile away he'll make it look so good father I pray that you give us a knowledge of the truth so we won't fall for his lies give us an understanding of the truth So we won't fall for his deceptions. We won't fall for the way he comes and disguises himself and the sin he's trying to promote. My Father, Father, I pray that you just give us grace to take this message and put it to work in our lives in a very, very real way. In Jesus' name.